everybody and welcome to another edition of Nair Wrestling Retro Review. Is that the fact that I included a title for it now? Yeah, that's nice. Cheers, boys. Very nice. Thank you, man. Very professional. Got this podcast come a long way. It has, isn't it? Yeah, just from after spouting bollocks to going on random tangents. <laughs> it's now going from bollocks to now professional bollocks. <laughs> professional bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit like uh, a bit like politics, but moving on to it. <laughs> moving on to it from there. So, as you guys know from our voices, our lovely, amazing voices, it's me, Mark Sylvester, with Richie Filmer. Hello everybody, hope everyone's well, and Mark, how the devil are you? Uh, Richie, my man, I am very good, thank you boss. We just went to see a great, amazing Red Pro show, as you can tell from our way home from it in the car, as we usually do after watching some up good old Red Pro. And yeah, my son, um, yeah, I'm bored of the show. Yeah, overall, good, uh, good Revolution Pro. I say this every, at the head of the top of every show, can't go wrong with a Red Pro show. They cannot know. And the Red Pro show that we went to see, before we go on any more tangents, as we do, uh, it was Revolution Pro Wrestling's Uprising 2019. It was indeed. Very it was good indeed. Card. Very, very good card, wasn't it? Each match I felt was very, very good. There was one or two matches that I was like, oh my God, that match of the night for me. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see when we discuss the matches where you match the night and the MVP will be Richie. Yeah. So to begin with, Shall we just go into the matches and just discuss them and stuff? Or did you want to talk, say anything else beforehand? Like, obviously what we usually do is we drive up there, have some food. We always have Rev Pro and Italian. It's just how we do it. Yeah, it's not you deliberate. Know. It just kind of always happens. But yeah. it's, it's good though, man, because <laughs> you can't be a good old, you can't be a good old Italian. You can't, I had a, can't I, be a mandate, can you? No, not at all. Well, <laughs> not at all, no. It was a really nice restaurant as well. We were originally going to go to this other place, but it would take ages to make it. Yeah. But we ended up going to this really nice Italian, Italian kind of place. It does like pizzas and stuff, and the pizza was really nice. The guide was good too. Yeah. And then we, when we were walking down to York Hall, we saw Zack Sabre Jr. walk past us, which was really cool. As yeah. Well. well, you saw him. Oh, I didn't. Um, I think I would have marked out. So I'm a massive Zack Sabre fan. Oh, same here. But he, yeah, he, he But the thing is, though, he had his headphones on, and I felt a bit, a bit rude to be like. Oh, hi, Zach. Can we get a picture of you, bro? Hey, 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 Zach. Hey, hey, yeah. That's like a couple of absolute marks in the middle of Bethnal Green. They probably yeah. thought. And oh. the people around us feel like, what the fuck are these people doing? Yeah, like, Zach, 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 you're my hero. I love you, Zach. Hero, Zach. Fuck the toys. The toys <laughs> can suck my dick. Put me in the ultimate hole, please. Put me above your armor, Zach. Please, Zach, please. <laughs> you know, yeah. that'll be great. Yeah. But I thought best not, and I told you, and we're like, oh, cool. And then, you know, then we also saw someone else when we were in the queue, Ricky Knight Jr. We didn't even know who he was. I was like, oh, you dropped your belt there, mate. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, yeah, that was weird. I was like, okay. And it's like, yeah, that, hey, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. think he ran a bit late. I said to Mark at the time, he can't do a Bret Hart and just rock up half hour before his match takes his boots and go out. But, um, yeah. Might have been a late train or something, or I don't know. But no, it's, um, to be honest, it didn't feel very busy, busy tonight. Um, no, not at all. I mean, maybe because of progress in Sheffield, even though they're two different places, maybe people have gone to that. But I feel like it was still pretty packed, maybe 90% packed. It's not like as busy as it has been for other really big shows. No, no, and also we're so close to Christmas as well. Yeah. Maybe. It still was a good atmosphere. To be honest, the atmosphere tonight was actually really fun. Yeah, man, I felt for me it was probably the best atmosphere I've been to for a while for Red Pro shows, actually. I think it's better than at least the last two or three shows I've been to. Yeah, I mean, the Summer Sizzler was probably the best one I ever went to because you had the, uh, the Copper Box, obviously, the night after, and then you had the World, you know, the World Quest. 
um, it feels like the warm up to that. But uh, no, it was a good atmosphere tonight. You, you only need a group of lads to start singing songs like you're at a football match, and the night just carries on. And I think half of it is just get involved, have fun. Yeah, oh yeah, completely, man. I you love know, it. Brilliant. I started a couple of chants tonight, and which people chiming along to as well, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, great it, stuff. Great stuff. Good atmosphere. But yeah, we we do what we normally do then. So we just run through the match cards, just give the highlights, lowlights, midlights, and uh, we just go through the cards. Yeah, of course. And yeah. don't forget the Christmas lights as well, Richard. Oh, and the Christmas lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'm driving. I've got my headlights on. Yeah, I know. We yeah, actually just need the Christmas lights. Sorry. Around Christmas time, we have to make it one of jokes, don't we? Yeah, of course, the Yeah, for sure, man. And the first match that we had was a, of an eight-match card, which was actually... Um, Red they've been doing a lot more eight-match cards recently. Can I remember, do you remember Red Pro used to do, like, ten-match cards at one point and stuff? Yeah, they did. It's cool to see them do eight matches now. Yeah. So the first match that we had was Pretty Deadly versus the Moonlight Express. Now, um, both these teams, I believe, are from the sister company that Red Pro brought out. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, Mike Bay's done a lot for... Um, yeah, Red Pro and stuff, but uh, don't, I don't really know Teo before to, before his, uh, the, the Super J Cup, really. No, I don't. No. Um, good tag team. This is probably the second time we've seen them as a team. Yeah, second. Yeah, because I really like um, Moonlight Kinsman. They're really, really good. I mean, Moonlight Express, sorry. I really like them. And uh, Mike Bailey always gets a little bit of this hometown pop when he comes to a Red Pro. Um, oh, yeah, been for there sure. Before. Um, pretty deadly. Do you know what? I think out of all the tag team matches we saw tonight, um, apart from Suzuki Goon, because I'm going to class that as a, a, a New Japan match, um, I really, really like the first match on the cards, and I think Pretty Deadly were pretty dipping awesome. They were, weren't they? Yeah, because after the match uh, ended, they got saying ovation and saying, "Please come back." They did because they were, yeah, they were very, very good. At first, it's a bit like, "Who are these people?" They, yeah. they look kind of Hardy Boys-ish, like very. Early Hardy Boys, this 99 when they were Michael Hayes, Brew, that kind of stuff. They actually, remind me of the Suicide Blonde when um, you had uh, Christian and Edge before they signed WWE and have you called that promo before? Let me tell you something, it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, really? I've yeah. just sent it to me. It's I'll send it to you and we'll upload it up on the Twitter account, man. Let me tell you something, Prime Sam is at Christian in it. It's absolutely hilarious. They remind me of the Suicide Blogs, if you remember them on YouTube. And it's basically edging Christian early days. Both these guys are about six foot, one blonde, one brunette, long hair. They come out with this funky jazz music, and it is, oh man, it was, yeah, I, I'm impressed. I'm definitely giving them a follow on social media. I'm going to do a bit of research into them, and hopefully they come back to Red Pro, because the match through and through, fast-paced it really set the show off well yeah oh yeah completely man it really set the show yeah. off well it was quite a hard act to follow in my opinion i mean what did you think of the match i mean did you enjoy uh, it? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it i really liked the guys the guys the two guys really impressed me yeah but, but i think one of the good things about it though when you don't know anyone i feel like for me they they can impress me a lot more where for people who i've known and seen or heard of for so long i'm like you have to such high expectations and stuff and then when you see a match it's like no, that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. But with these guys, I really yeah. like them. And then because you don't have the expectation of them, uh, I'm not sure if you feel the same way, that you enjoy them more, and you actually feel like, actually, these guys are really, really good. Like, these guys are fucking great. Like, yeah. sort of thing. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a bit like, I mean, later on in the cards, we're talking about the British um, Cruiserweight Championship match. And as much as I love Alfred Tasmo, I always get a little bit tamed either how you, what you've just said, about you see someone, you expect more, you expect more, you expect more. Our fantastic artists be getting the same thing every single time. So seeing 
um, you know, the Moonlight Express and Pretty Deadly, to me, was a breath of fresh air for Red Pro. Oh, yeah, completely. And I think Red Pro needed this. Now, I'm always a huge backer for Red Pro. I love their shows, the atmosphere. They've really built up stars in Michael Luku and, uh, you know, and, and it's, it really is a great, fantastic show. Um, good promo, you know, good promotion, a good roster. But just seeing two new tag teams, young, fast, they look the part, they're professional, they're doing their safe. Uh, the timing was good, there was no hiccups in this match. No, and not, not at all. You know, not that I'm a wrestler and I can say, yo, yeah, you're right, you know, I'm not an arm threat, like an arm drag or arm chair, but yeah, I enjoyed the match. Um, yeah, I hope to see Pretty Deadly again. Yeah, I do as well, and I think one of the cool things as well, because obviously Red Pro recently buying out Southside, it then means they've got a lot more for the talent, which they got these people like Deadly, Pretty Deadly and stuff, so it's cool to kind of like see how different they're going to be, where if they don't have these New Japan people, that they can still put on a really good card like, like they did without as many Red Pro, uh, New Japan people as they usually would do. Yeah, you know? which I don't know how I feel about that, because I love the... New Japan links to Red Pro. Um, but anyway, coming back to the match, yeah, um, pretty deadly went over. Yeah. Um, clean. Yeah, um, but yeah. And then, yeah, because the one thing I liked about the match right at the beginning, they shook hands and stuff, and then you had pretty deadly to play really good heels and stuff, and then after the match, they still were like, well done, stuff which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Great sportsmanship. It was. Um, they, yeah, they was doing, they was holding 80% of the match, and um, being the heels as well, they were calling the match. And, this is the thing when you watch a wrestling match and you kind of know the breakdown of it and you've got the hills that obviously always call the match they built up the hot tag um, it was just it was a really well put together match this is what I mean I don't know nothing about Pretty Deadly and to any fans that know Pretty Deadly they've got these screaming at their phones going these guys are awesome yeah I, I know they're awesome I've seen them live and I'm going to learn more about them I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to YouTube them so Pretty Deadly are pretty fucking awesome they are indeed. Uh, and then the next match that we had was between Kiklio versus Shota Umino. So that's the shooter match, right? Yeah, the shooter match. He had shooter against the guy from the Bullet Club. So I thought I thought this match was pretty good. It wasn't as good as the first match, but for a, a big guy versus kind of like the guy who's the un- underdog, guy who's coming from underneath kind of thing, I felt it worked for what it is. It does, yeah. I uh, think they put. I think they positioned Shooter in the wrong position, Red Pro. I think they should have made him more of a dominant character. Okay. Working with Moxley in Japan and being in tag teams with Moxley and winning matches with Moxley. I think they should put Shooter as kind of like really over. Yeah. And they're kind of trying to build him up as a baby face again. I think the crowd are so into Shooter. Really, he should be tearing through people. I think it'd be. I think he should be squashing people. That's my opinion. I don't know how you feel. Uh, I, I agree with you there, but I feel like for him against that, uh, for him against um, Herluglio, I can't remember how you pronounce his name. We just call him Tall Haku. Yeah, yeah, Tall yeah. Haku. Tall Haku. I, <laughs> I feel like um, <laughs> that was so bad. But I love it. <laughs> uh, basically, when he was wrestling him, I felt like they kind of had to go good out in that match because if you dominated him, it's kind of like, but you're wrestling a big man. You're wrestling a wrestler who's known for being the more physical, the more sort of like dominating style of wrestler, which is what the big guys usually are. Yeah, and also he's part of the BC, so he's going to yeah, be a bad guy. Yeah, so, and also as well by him being part of the BC, you want to make the BC look strong. 
we also make him look strong because of what the star rapper he actually is and that kind of thing. Yeah. And even though it was cool to see Shuto, uh, Shuta Umino win, it, uh, but it was cool to kind of have him uh, after the match attack Shuta uh, to then get his um, heat back. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it was quite a good match. It was the typical uh, kill heat kind of match. And I felt as well, if, if you kind of felt the same way, it didn't drag on either. It was only about 10 minutes long. And it was, it, I, felt, I felt, to me, if it wasn't about 5 to 10 minutes, I felt I would have dragged a bit. Yeah. I think by only being 10 minutes, it was that sweet spot of not being too short, but also not being too long. So it's kind of, I felt it worked really well. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Yeah, if it was another five minutes, another three minutes, I think we would have gone a bit, you know, so our hands a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's okay. Good, a good show from Shooter. Shooter is surprisingly very built. Yeah. The TV does you. not do it justice. So John Moxley must be an animal in real life. Yeah. Um, and a great yeah. thing about him as well is he can sell like the best of them. Like when he took that DDT, I was like, "Fuck, he looks pretty dead." Yeah. Like he he can sell a, a great, he can sell a move. I love it. Oh yeah. That's that's one of the things I love about a lot of these matches as well. Like people like Puck, etc. How they how they can sell a move. Like that's one of the things I kind of miss about wrestling nowadays. Is the sell. Yeah. Like you're supposed to make this move look like it's, it, it could kill you. And at some point, I was like. But that was that's a great sell and also a great movie at the same time as well. So yeah, you don't see a lot of selling in the WWE because they don't have any bloody time in the ring. No, not at all. They can't really sell anything. Uh, I, and if they do, it's all to do with the rest um, holes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it was a good match. Uh, so Shooter went over and um, saw Haku beat him up afterwards. Up after got the cheap heat and Shooter left the ring, got a bit of a pop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to see a lot more for Shooter and Red Pro next year. I hope so, yeah. Because he's probably doing the excursion over here as well, isn't he? Yeah, with Tall Haku, so yeah. Yeah. And the next match that we had was the women's match between Gleese Shaw versus. Is it Shayna or Shana? I think it's Shayna. Shayna. Uh, no, yeah. Shana. 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 Okay, cool. Shana. Yeah, Shana. Yeah. Shana was Goku, yeah? Yeah, Shana was Goku. Yeah, yeah. Shana was Goku. Now, me and Mark seem to think that she's wrestled at AEW. Because um, I remember, I'm sure she has before. Yes, she has wrestled before. I can't remember who against, but she would have worn the, as we said, the Goku um, attire because obviously Dragon Ball was copyright and Toei and all this other bollocks. But I, I thoroughly, I like this match. Yes, there might have been a few botches, but, but there were some other matches as well. I know, just like, really? That was really bad. Yeah. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Yeah. I, thought, I thought it was a few good moments. I, I really, you know, I thought Shayna was very good. Shayna's always good. Shayna, I thought Shayna was amazing. Like some of the moves that she did tonight were fantastic. Yeah. Like some of her chops and like the knee strikes that were really good as well, that kind of stuff. So what do you think of this match from Richie before rather than me gushing on about how good this match was? Uh see when I was watching the match I just couldn't believe the amount of uh there was a few missteps, a few botches. Um but they professionally didn't let it get to her and they carried on through. I enjoyed the match, it was it's a breath of fresh air, and as you said, we was in the queue, we was waiting to go into the show. Rev Pro seems to be pushing the women a lot more. Yeah. Um, they're giving them good time in the ring. I really did enjoy the match. I love women's wrestling. It's I do as well. It's a different style. It's, um, I think the women are good at telling stories, that's the thing, and they keep it a little bit more old school, like these women did tonight. Um, yeah. The crowd were invested into it. I was. I, I was. To be fair, I enjoyed it more than the shoot at all Haku match. I did as well, man. And I find for me, if you feel the same way, I kind of feel like sometimes 
some women's wrestling matches are better than men's matches are sometimes. It goes without question, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. You know, we went to the um, uh, the best pro before this, and Tessa Blanchard match was absolutely one of the best matches on the, on, in the whole entire night. From yeah. a wrestling perspective, it really was. I mean, I chose her in the previous podcast as my number one female of 2019, because um, she is that good. You know, and if you had to say an overall wrestler, she would be up in the top five this year. Oh, yeah, completely, man. Yeah, completely. Uh, so, yeah, coming back to tonight, yeah, Uprising 19. Um, yeah, the match was fantastic. Um, and, what, Koku, do you have a girl? Went over? Yeah. Was um, it nice Shayna? Uh, yeah, Shayna lost. It was uh, Grease Shaw, was her name? Yeah, Shaw won. Which oh, obviously she beat Tessa Blanchard, so she's keeping that momentum going. So 2020. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot more sure as well. I reckon as well. Uh, and I think her finish is pretty good as well. Yeah. Like, like the way that she wrenches on the arm is like pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It kind of adds more to the sort of like the physicality and that kind of thing as well. Like yeah. they, they, were, they were clearly physical at certain points as well. They, they didn't hold back, which I thought would be really no, good. No, girls do not hold back. Not at all. My God. I mean, they, um, after the arm bar, the, uh, the nice gentleman from the St. John's Ambulance came to the ringside, you know, just to add that bit of dramatic effect. Yeah, you know, and it looked the the, the manoeuvre. Why well, the manoeuvre looked so <laughs> looked so good? Yeah, that for a second, me and Mark, we was we thought it was a shoot. We thought, yeah, my God, she's hurt us, but she hasn't. Um, no, to make the move look more effective and look more dangerous as well, tell so, that story better. Yeah, and I think, completely. could you see Shaw going? There you go, see Shaw on the day. See her. She's see she 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 show she show on the Shaw. But can you see Shaw going heel 2020? I, I reckon she were to go for the championship. After that reaction when she put her in the armbar and then the paramedics come out, she was like brushing her shoulder towards her, like, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're nothing. I saw a glimpse of a heel and I thought, you know what? You're such a crowd favourite with your entrance, you're pretty, and she could be a fantastic heel. She just switches it around at the right time. I yeah. reckon 2020 she could be up there, and I think the Red Pro needs to bring a women's division into this uh, roster. I reckon that would set Red Pro alive. And imagine Wrestle Kingdom having the having the women's the British Women's Championship. That'll be really impressive because that'll be the first history because New Japan I don't think have had a single women's match at all. Oh yeah, they haven't. That'd be groundbreaking. Because obviously they now own Shimmer, so there's a rumours going around that they might maybe have some women's matches. But I really hope they do one day. Yeah, because I find for me some women's matches probably my favourite of all time. Like I know I know I like to harp on that match but it is that good. Tasha Banks versus Bailey is probably in my top five matches ever. Yeah. It's still it's spoken about now, so yeah. he's gonna have that longevity. Yeah. Um and to be honest to me that's when the women's revolution started when they got on that match. I think they made everyone go, Oh my god, let's have a look at this, keep your eye on the prize, that's when the fans were behind it as well. Yeah, and that's when Sasha became and Bailey became really big and then um, I remember telling you before when I went to see NXT uh, London, Bailey was the most overrested in, in that entire arena. Like when she came out singing, chanting, everything for Bailey. Everyone else they still got their cheers and stuff, but she was the most over. Yeah. So yeah, good match. Yeah, good match, we enjoyed it. Nice to see the women wrestle and uh sure and Goku women fantastic uh, show. For sure. Uh, the next match that we had was between, ah, oh, this match is great, Suzuki Gun of Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki ah, versus yeah. Evil and Sonata, part of LIJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this was a typical 
Suzuki gun match, a yeah. typical LIJ match. Loved every second of it. Yeah. Suzuki, even though he's a heel, he's this amazing baby face. I don't get it, it but it works because it's Suzuki. Yeah, I mean, when you're the king, you can do what you want, though. Yeah, completely mad. And he's someone who plays to the crowd. He hears the crowd chant to him like he's any wrestler that I recorded his entrance to and stuff. It's just amazing just to kind of see this man. He would think, this man's a, this man's a murder grandpa. This man's like... <laughs> I don't want to diminish, but you know you know what I mean. It's like he's a murder man and everything else. And it's just like, but we love him, we respect him, and he knows that he can get a reaction. Yeah, I, when we were watching this match, you could see Suzuki was having fun. Oh, yeah, like, completely. He loves, he loves British wrestling, and he's a legend over here as well. And I think he knows that. I think he knows the British audience love him. Um, so he asked, you know, and why not? I mean, there's so much respect to Suzuki. Oh, massive respect, man, massive respect. I remember saying to you that Tony does some podcast for me as well. I want to show him a Suzuki match one day. Yeah. He'd be like, this, this man's amazing. Watch how good this man is. Yeah, just watch his stuff. I mean, he's wrestling the Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, it's quite a nice, quite a nice tune, that match. Because just, uh, I'll check the card out of uh, Kingdom 14. And uh, you've got LIJ versus Suzuki. Um, so it's a nice tune, that match. Um, obviously, you've got Sonada against. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. for the uh, British uh, British Heavyweight Championship. Um, so that'd be interesting because last time we saw the uh, British Championship defended, it was against um, ECE. Yeah, it was. Yeah, back up at the Wrestle when Zack Sabre Jr. won it. But what do you think about Zack Sabre Jr. though? Um, starting off really fast and really aggressive, like he doesn't usually start off that quick. No, because with Zack Sabre Jr. His entrance comes out and you get the feeling of a football match. Then the match starts, it's a bit like watching a cricket match. Yeah. And it just went bang, bang, bang. And there was all outside the ring getting thrown into guardrails, everyone standing. And it's your typical New Japan match, isn't it? Oh, yeah, completely, man. Very, very New Japan. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed tonight. I mean, I always love watching Black Saber Jr. Um, I love watching Suzuki Gun. I'm my favourite New Japan talent, especially after the G1 with Sonata. And Evil as well. I've got a lot more respect for Evil watching the... Um, Evil beat Sonata in the G1 and eliminated him. So, uh, I had a lot more respect for Evil. But it's always nice seeing Sonata and Evil as a team. So that's kind of like the way I was introduced to them. Um, but no, the match is absolutely fantastic. Uh, a bit of storytelling at the end. Um, with, you know, concerning the, the British Championship as well. Between Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata. Uh, they kind of plugged it as well. Um, I really enjoyed the match. I mean, what was your fun perspective on the match? Uh, I, I really, I really probably enjoyed the match, and I felt like Suzuki had a sword in the palm of his hand. Always, honestly. always, as he does. Like I love it. It was like, come on, and doing the funny poses and stuff, and that kind of thing. It just, yeah, brilliant. And someone who's such an evil heel, he's just so good at what he does. Yeah, fantastic. Zack Sabre Junior is as awesome as he always has been. He was amazing. Like. Um, like submission stuff, the way that he can turn. Like that one move, like that one sequence where um, basically you're going to have Sonata hit him with like his big finishing move uh, and then you literally twist him around and put him into like an octopus move. I'm like, this man's amazing. This man can basically through uh, a sequence pull you from one move into another move. It's fantastic. Yeah. Sonata was always was great. Evil was really cool to see. Evil when he came out had a really good entrance as well, quite epic and stuff. But yeah. It was very, very good. 
And yeah, and then the following match it wasn't really a match; it was more of a you know was between um, Suzuki versus Curtis Chapman. So basically, how this started was you had Suzuki, um, so you had Tanada uh, pin Zachary Jr. to kind of build up to their match at uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14, and then you had both of um, Zack Sabre as well as Suzuki literally beat the shit out of Evil and Sonata chucked them out of the ring yeah. and then they started doing like a promo and stuff and the funny thing the micro size didn't work anymore and then it was like well <laughs> this is a toy obviously isn't it because obviously Zack Sabre Jr. is very much a pro labour man Absolutely. and then he was done saying stuff and that kind of thing and then um, Suzuki Suzuki then came back in the ring started saying stuff and his microphone bro- um, broke yep. and then the fans were like going the microphones are Tory. The microphones are Tory. Yeah. It was really, really, really funny. Yeah. And then you had Suzuki, uh, Suzuki going, come on, Curse Chapman, come out and fight me then. Then you had Curse Chapman come out, doing his dad or whatever he does to the ring and stuff. And, and, and then he started to attack Suzuki, which was, I wish looking back, I recorded it. Yeah. But being lost in the moment and just seeing it, I was like, my God, this is fantastic. I loved yeah. it. I loved every second of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Watching Suzuki's face, watching, you know, he was watching Curtis come out to the ring like, oh my god, I, I even said to you, Suzuki's absolutely loving this. Oh, he is completely. He's having so much he fun. He loves it, yeah. And you don't get that so much in Japan because it's seen as to be a very shoot, realistic sports spectrum, you know, he gets to have fun in England. Mm. Um, and I quite like that with Suzuki because you see more of his personality over here. Over there, he's a straight shooter. In, in it to kill it, you know. Yeah. Over here, he has a bit of fun with Zach and their matches, they do some fun spots, and you don't see so much of it in Japan. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, Suzuki loved it over here, but it was a great match. I mean, you can't really say much about the match apart from it was your typical New Japan wrestling match with comedy. Yeah. You know, and uh, Suzuki said, uh, I'll see you soon. So he'll be coming back 2020 to Red uh, Bright. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention, dude, what happened during the Suzuki-Chapman thing. Basically, Chapman was hit him with his punch, and he was like, yeah, doing his dab and whatnot. Then he was like, okay, one more. Slaps all the other stuff. And then he was like, oh my God, I'm knackered. Then Suzuki slapped him once, got his pile driver, and he was, then he went. Yeah. Then, then his friend came in, and he was like, nah. Slapped him, went yeah. to give him a gotcha pile driver. He ran off, and he was like, I'll be back in 2020. Yeah, and then we all laughed and cried. Uh, we, all, we all laughed, we all cried, we all... Exacerbated. We all were like, "Yeah, Suzuki's coming back." So yeah. you know, yeah, he confirmed fun. it. He confirmed it. I mean, he did. It was, um, yeah, it was just lovely little little post match uh, thing before the break, and that took us to the uh, halftime interval. And then we went outside, got some fresh air, grabbed another drink, went back to our seats, and Rev Pro continued kicking off with a six man scramble, I believe. Yeah, it was. Yes, I can't remember who was in the six man scramble. No. Uh, but that match, I thought was, looking back, I think probably my, one of my favourite matches on the card. Maybe yeah. joint first with these two. Uh, I'll go back later on. I'll go back further on and let you know. Yeah. Where other matches. But yeah, I love this match. I thought this match was awesome. Yeah. There were two amazing spots that I would like to you. Why the fuck did I not record this? It, it's fucking amazing what they did. Yeah. They did two Canadian destroyers. One from the top rope into the other people, and then one in the middle of the ring. I'm like. From going years about seeing a Canadian destroyer, I'm like, I saw two in one event. I'm like, fuck me, that match was good. It that was Robbie great. X guy was amazing. Yeah, I think what the main thing of this match kind of done is kind of, um, it obviously kicked off the second part of the show fantastically. But you kind of had, like, for me, it was highlights. You had Carl Fletcher from the Aussie Iceman, and he's always over. Um, yeah, massively. Robbie X, like, 
didn't really know much about Robbie, and I'm assuming he's from the Southside group. I think he might be, yeah. He is unbelievable. He is, like, did you hear, I, I was watching him, it was kind of like, this guy is a, like another little offspring. It's a bit like watching a mouse body slam a, a, an elephant, and you think that should happen. My God, it looked great. Yeah. And you look at him, and you think that, what is this, Google it, right? The stuff that this bloke does, he's not a youngster, he must be 40s. He's, he's white, he dresses up like he's part of Kofi Kingston's New Day group, but the, the movement and the, the, the versatility, his moveset does not suit his body type, but my no. God, he can go. Yeah, and there's just the speed of him and the athleticism as well was amazing. Like, yeah, he was so good. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't really, no, it was, I was, I was amazed at everything that he did. Put it this uh, way, if you put Robbie X in a match against Will Ospreay, you're going to end up with beauty. Oh, yeah, completely, man. Well, I was watching, I was like, this guy reminds me of Will Ospreay with some of the stuff that he did. Oh, the, honestly, I can't explain it. It's like, you know, you know Tekken? Yes. You know Fat Bob? Yes. It's basically Fat Bob as a human. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but it works. I know, man. Uh, oh, there was someone else who I fucking love. Uh, that Ricky Knight Jr. was really good as well. He yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, he was really good. I thought that um, Contenders guy was pretty good, considering he hasn't wrestled as much as the other guys have. Yeah. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, as Kenny. Well. I mean, Kenny. Everyone kept saying, go on, Kenny. Um, yeah, he done really well. He was just kind of used as a heater for the match, but he, you know, just take the spot. He done well. Yeah, he, he, he did pretty well. I think all six guys did really well. Mm. Sam Maloney, I thought, was very good as well. He, he came in with some really good power moves and stuff. But he went over at the end. Yeah, he, he did, yeah. And there was someone else who was in the match. I can't remember his name. Uh, you had the guy from one of the tag teams, was Purple. He looked a little bit like Carl Fletcher. That's it, yeah. I, I don't uh, even know. I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. We've seen him in tag matches with Red Pro before. Um, really... Sorry, break the scramble. It's like half ten, half nine, whatever it is. Driving back on a Sunday, so we put it this way: the match was fantastic, definitely worth a watch. Um, Mahoney went over. Oh, it was Carlos Romo, the guy's name. Carlos right? Romo, that's it. Um, he's a little bit off Carl Fletcher. Yeah, um, same kind of style. No, great match. Really enjoyed that as well, mate. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I felt for me that had personally my two favourite moments in the entire match: two Canadian destroyers. Yeah, because the first one, I was, I, I was thinking to myself, he's not, he's not going to do it, he's not going to do it. And he did it, I was like, holy, I was like, there was a holy shit chant that started. Yeah. Because that, for me, was like, oh my God, I mean, he just did that. Do you know, it was kind of needed as well, because we'd seen some um, great wrestling in the first half, and we was like, okay, what are they going to do now? And this was like a very well-timed spot fest. Yes, oh yeah, completely. But my God, it worked. Yeah, there was no stuttering, there was no, um, there wasn't one botch it was fantastic really good mm. um, yeah yeah and I, I honestly thought that Carl Fletcher was going to go over on this but no it was Mahoney so no, he's very good at doing the slaps with his kicks and stuff because they all sound very very loud when he does it yeah he's got awesome timing with his kicks um, yeah I really enjoyed that. that that set me right up for the uh, second half so yeah perfect same here man Awesome match. Great. And the next match we had was for the British heavyweight, <sighs> for the British Cruiserweight Championship between TJP yeah. versus El Fantasma. On paper, this sounds amazing. Like, you didn't like it at all, did you? Um, I, I, I'll give you your opinion. I'll be honest, for me, I enjoyed the match, yeah. but... I'm going to disagree with your opinion about the match, Rich, just because I feel like one of those things, yes, it's quite boring, he does the same sort of thing, 
but I think it works for the character of El Fantasmo because he wants to be hated, he wants to be a heel. And then by you being like, he does the same thing over and again, it's really boring and stuff. Yeah. That's what works. Yeah. I think the same thing about Baron Corbin because everyone's like, oh, I hate him, he's shit, not very good on the mic, not very good at this, does this, does this. Yeah. And it's like, but that's what they want you to do. They, they don't want to be seen to be the cool heel. Uh, they want to be seen to be the heel that people are going to boo. And that's the thing, he does his job so well. Like, uh, earlier this year, he was a massive baby face. Everyone loved him when he had that match against David Starr. Even though I'm a David Starr mark, I love that man, he's amazing. But with El Fantasmo, booed out, the, booed out the arena, booed out the building, everyone hated him. And I think for me, that it works. Yeah. And there was, there was some good moments between them, the two of them and stuff. And the, the balance is amazing when he was doing the... Um, the modified old school yeah. uh, walking across the road so that was really good uh, also loved his promo to basically make the fans hate him saying that we're all Tories and stuff and say it's now going to be called the World Cruiserweight Championship of not the British one anymore and stuff basically saying he, his Brexit's going to be the quickest one ever and that kind of stuff but for me the match worked because you want to hate him and and the day and when he lost last month at the Super J Cup, the crowd went insane. And I feel the day they lose the championship, the crowd's going to go even more insane because you want to pay to see him get beat. Which is why I feel for me is one of the things I find is missing nowadays in wrestling is the fact that there's no heel that you want to hate. Like even though Punk's a very good heel, the thing about Punk that people still cheered for him and stuff. Yeah. But with him. We all hate him, we, we think he's a bastard, we think he's a frat, we think he's a dickhead, we want him to lose. And I think for me, that's what works. And even though I felt um, he sh- I wanted him to lose, but at the same time when he does finally lose the title, it, the roof is going to blow off the building. Yeah, I mean, it's like MJF, you know, he's the only real kill of the wrestling, in wrestling, in my opinion, at the moment. You generally hate him now. Yeah. My, um, my thing about ELP. Um, I absolutely love him as a talent and I really appreciate how good he is and his in-ring ability is fantastic. I just prefer seeing him as a babyface chasing rather than a heel being a chicken shit heel. Um, I just find his matches do what they're set out to do and I get bored watching El Fantasma and I know it's El Fantasmo and that's the reaction he's looking for. He's doing his job personally, I can't Yeah, mind. I mean, do you, do you feel in a way that saying that though, he wants you to feel yeah. this boring match yeah. because he wants you to hate him? Yeah. Where I think, where I think nowadays, because these heels are seem to be so cool and they do these amazing things, people cheer him. It's like, no, that's what, that's what, that's what a heel's supposed to be. A heel's supposed to be hated. A heel isn't supposed to be the cool guy. Well, put it this way, right? He wrestled the same match against Michael uh, Oku. Uh-huh. And everyone loved it because Mark Loku is over. Now, Mark Loku is more over than TJP at Red Pro. Yeah. Am I right? He, he, oh, made, yeah, he, made, he made a bet of this. So, give, you've got to feed the hill the right babyface. TJP wasn't the right babyface tonight, and I think that's what put me, put my arse on top of my hands. Like, yeah. I um, love El Fantasmo, don't be wrong, I really do. And. Do you know what? I think I've answered my own theory. No, I don't find El Fantasmo boring. I think you've just got to feed him the right baby face for it to work. Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's my opinion. I love El Fantasmo. Dude, I think you're amazing. But I think you were given the wrong person tonight. Last, the last Red Pro we saw, we saw against Michael Oku, you 
it was on point because we were testing for Oku to win and he did. Yeah. Um, it's because Rev Pro have been so good at building him up and stuff where TJP just came over to wrestle him, even though it was a cool in a sense dream match in a way. He didn't have that the sort of like the relationship that the fans have with like they would do with Michael Oku. You don't have that build up, you don't have that storyline and stuff, and which is why when the two of them wrestle again for the championship, that's gonna be an even that's even gonna have more heat. Yeah. Because you're going to have Michael Oku, who everyone loves, against whoever everyone hates, so that's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. It's like, who was the other guy that we saw uh, two Red Pros ago? Uh, blah, 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 blah. He went to TNA for a while. Mike, Mike uh, Scandal was his name. He was in the WWE role as uh, Evan Bourne. Um, oh, Matt Sidell. Matt Sidell. When he wrestled at Red Pros, we weren't sitting on the balcony, we were sitting on the floor, and I had the same feeling watching him. It's all right bringing these names into Rev Pro, but they just don't have the following. Do you yeah. know? Do you know? Do you know oh, what I mean? oh yeah, completely, man. So, in my opinion, I think. Well, was, I kind of thought at the time that side of the character was just weird. Like, yeah. even though I enjoyed the match, I think someone, I think someone will be really good for that. Mike Bailey, I think he'll be a good face uh, yeah. against El Fantasma because. He's been there for ages. People know who he is. Yeah, people enjoy him. People love him. I think that would work for the new Red Pro. Yeah, and I think Carl Fletcher's working on his own at the moment. Yeah. Feed El Fantasmo Carl Fletcher. How good could they have a match? It's just feeding El Fantasmo the right baby faces because he is a perfect heel. Now, yeah. I've changed my whole opinion on this. When you first introduced the match and called it to the podcast, I went, oh, and you can hear that back. Yeah. It's because... I've answered my own theory, they need to feed El Fantasmo the right baby face. It's not your fault, ELP, it's been praised. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I've answered, yeah, 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 it was okay, they just fed in the wrong face. Alright, and then the next match that we had was for the British Heavyweight Tag Team Championship between Kings of the North versus the Legion. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit pissed about this match, I enjoyed it. But I didn't find it to be my favourite match. I, I was alright. Like I enjoyed it. And I thought um, Eugene Gray was great as a as a really good manager, like he always is. But I just couldn't really get into the match as much as I wanted to. Yeah. I mean, Kings of North was pretty good. I mean, the uh, the other guy, not not the one that's like Tom Banner, but the other guy, I can't remember his name. I thought I thought he was pretty good, and yeah. I thought it was very um, strong style, very physical and stuff. But I just couldn't get into the match as much, and I just the crowd really couldn't get into it either. Yeah, I think the problem here is um, the Legion are kind of meant to be the heels, which they are. And I think the battle tonight was because obviously the North, you know, the guy that's called the Legion, uh, yeah, I've got the word, North. North, yeah. They were set up to be the baby faces, and I think out of the whole attendance, there was like about five guys who recognised us from the South side. Yeah. We have just been told these guys are baby faces. As a Legion of Hills, but I'm a fan watching Legion, and I'm a very pro guy, and I'm thinking, you know, I like these guys though. Yeah. They were working Hill, and these new guys were working Baby Faces. I don't know nothing about these guys. So for me, I'm sort of watching it thinking, well, I'm, I know I'm meant to be cheering for you, but I kind of want the Legion to go over. Yeah, oh yeah, mate, I, I, I completely agree with that, boss. Um, the match was alright, I mean, it was a good match, it was a good match. I just couldn't get um, invested in as much as I'd like to have been. Yeah, um, we agree with that. I couldn't really get into as much even to honest. I think Red Pro need to build their tag team division up because I'm in on the open working together because obviously... Yeah, they, yeah, 
you know, I think we'll be open and we missed Suzuki going as well as part of that division two and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think they're prone to need to. But also, I kind of feel like with uh, Legion, because the great O'Connor, I think, has lost the match in Red Pro yet, he kind of have that sort of like, you think he knows he's just going to win. Yeah. And he don't really have that sort of like, oh my god, is it, is it finally going to break the streak? Yeah. Which is unlikely. You go back to WWE and they only take a streak. The thing about that, though, you believed it was going to end at a certain point. With today's match, I'm like, they're not going to win. It'd be cool if they, it would be cool if they did lose, but, yeah. you know. I mean, they've done the same thing with AEW, Chris Jericho. You know, his first loss was against Scorpio Sky in the tag match. So it didn't kind of affect his team um, at Street. I mean, you mm. could, they could drop the titles. But I think, you know, all you've got to do is obviously get um, uh, Rampage Brown to take the pinfall. Um, and that was obviously keep Great O'Connor looking strong. Yeah. yeah. Like, you could do it, but to me, this match, I think they needed to be... I think Kings of the North needed maybe a month of Rev Pro just to introduce themselves to us and see why we need to like them. Yeah, oh yeah, completely, man. Rather than tonight, it was just a bit of... Um, yeah, for me, it didn't work. I mean, the match, I enjoyed the match to an extent, but I wasn't um, emotionally invested in it. And I think that's what kind of led to the I think they had the match now. And then the match, the next match we had was the event. And it was between... Michael Oku versus the Bastard Pack. Yeah, I'll let you lead this one, mate. What's your uh, I love this match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'll, one of the main things I love about this when I mentioned to you while you're watching it is I love the fact that Michael Oku, where unlike one of the other matches like the um, terrible shitty match between Seth Rollins against Dean Ambrose and other matches, like you're supposed to have these two hate each other, but it's really physical and they just do. Um, elbow types and normal crap, but this match instantly, my Uku instantly went and smacked Puck, uh, which are like, actually, that makes sense. That that that's logical. Yeah, like, logical. Yeah, storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And I, I thought it was really really good. I loved that match. Thought it was great. Michael Oku was a star. Pack is fucking awesome. Pack is an absolute is a bastard, as it were. Uh, I love the way Pack can sell the moves as well. Like he was fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that match, man. Like, is there anything else you want to talk about before we talk more about the match and that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the match from a storytelling perspective. Um, listening to our podcast about the last show we went to, the uh, British J Cup, and obviously Oku won, and packed, attacked him afterwards as a four-way dance for the, for the championship and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, there was a good bit of storytelling in the match. Yeah. And again, I was emotionally invested in this. I absolutely loved Michael Oku. I tweeted him the day after, and he retweeted like my tweet. You know, congratulating him from coming from a rookie to being the main event at a Red Pro show, wrestling an AEW star in Pat. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy that's been at WrestleMania, and, you know, Oku deserves it. But, yeah, I mean, off the bat, straight off the bell, like you said, Oku ran straight at Pack and had the majority of the match. Um, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, the guys from um, Pretty Deadly was sitting with us watching the match from the balcony. It was such a great story. It was, yeah, mate. And you had Sonata and Eva watching the match as well. And yeah. Lisa Owen watching the match while she was at the merch table. And you see, even though, uh, even though at a certain point you kind of see Sonata on his phone, but I kind of feel like that he might have been maybe messaging um, Kato be like, these guys are really good. Sign them or something. If you oh, can sign them and whatnot. God, yeah, yeah. Because it was a really good match. So the moves they did were fucking awesome. Yeah, back like, of the pro. Back of the pro, like that um, inverted power driver slam from the top rope. I was like, he's 
he cut, he's not going to hit it. He's not going to hit it. It's like, fuck, he hit it. He hit it, and he hit it well. And yeah. Like Goku was at all. Brilliant match, absolutely brilliant match. A bit of storytelling with the um, shoulder of Waikadoku, um, you know, it, it, it's just a logical match. And then obviously yeah. you had um, Pac putting him in basically, the, you know, the rings of Saturn or whatever he likes to name that move. But it was focusing on the shoulder and there was a story of come on and Waikadoku gets out of it and the crowd's behind it and had the biggest reaction of the, of the night and two writers deserved it to be in the main event. Yeah, Mark Oku has proved twice why he should main event a Red Pro, and it, it's just brilliant. They've done such a good job with Mark Oku. Um, I, I see big things for him, you know. You know, the end of the story was Mark Oku won, and yeah, it, it was brilliant, absolutely fantastic. You know, you weren't expecting it, but when it happened, you thought that makes sense. And I thought at one point when it's a three minutes ago, I thought it was going to end, end, end in the draw because obviously passing a pack, making sure he's booked in the right way and stuff. I was really surprised that he won, but I'm glad he did. Well, that just shows what a, uh, a legend that you know Pack is. You know, you put in over Mark Oku because I don't think Pack's doing any more for Red Pro. I think tonight was probably his last night, which is sad because I've always liked Pack <coughs> and I hope he does come back because. Pack is just amazing, and he's just he's just so so good. Yeah, I mean he will come back. Obviously he's born this way, and he you knows from Newcastle, so he's going to do some stuff I reckon eventually. And AEW gives the wrestlers that kind of um, flexibility. Flexibility to go yeah. and do their own thing. You know they love their schedule and they love their pay. Um, but I think Pack doing the right thing, putting Oku over and letting him go over the way he did, and you know he, he went over after basically the um, what does um. What does Pat call that? Like, twisting shooting star? Uh, the Black Arrow now, isn't it? Black Arrow. I think it's a Black that. Arrow or something. Yeah. It used to be the Red Arrow, but now it's turned hills. I think it's called the Black Arrow now. Black Arrow, you know, he hit that, and Michael Oakley quickly rolled him up afterwards, you know, carrying the momentum through from the Black Arrow into a, into a roll-up. Yeah. So he didn't go over strong, but he went over, and Pack didn't attack him. He kind of looked at him and looked, you know, and thought, oh, kid, you got this. And walked yeah. off, and it was like... Like you got me, kid. You got me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, mate. Fair enough. I fucking hate you, but fucking well done. You know, I can imagine. Well played. Well played, mate. And just let Michael Oko have the stage. And it was. Yeah. It was a brilliant way to end the show, wasn't it? Yeah, fantastic way to end the show and stuff. And it was really good to send the crowd home happy and stuff. Everyone loves Michael Oku and it was cool to see him like have that recognition from the crowd as well. And I feel for him. I feel like he should stay with Red Pro over Progress because I feel like even though we don't watch much Progress, I feel Red Pro. Are building him up and there he's going to be their pet project for next year I reckon yeah I think if Michael Oakey goes to progress yeah don't make it I think a bit like with Osprey make Red Pro your home promotion because look what he's done for Osprey yeah he's now in New Japan where I think Michael Oakey might potentially go in uh, Rev, uh, New Japan at one time which would be really good to see I would. I think that Michael Oakey yeah because so I think he had his I think he had Chushu um, Pinaliga's last match in the UK really Sheffield, yeah he, he, he wrestled with him as well Michael Oak, because I'm sure you see Michael Oak dancing with Jushin Thunder Liger, actually. Yeah, pretty cool, man. That's awesome. To be honest, the thing is, Michael Oak could coach Japan, because obviously you've got the junior division. Mm. You know, if you put him in the um, IWGP junior division, he wouldn't look out of place. No, not I mean, at all. I mean, Zack Sabre Jr. can do it. And there isn't much difference between the build of Oku and Zack. No, not at all. And, he, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. has won the um, J-Cup. He's done it before. Like... Yeah, who won every single match by submission. He wrestled to his strengths, told the story. It weren't the most um, entertaining, Jacob, but 
he won it and people respect him for it. I can see Michael Oku doing the same thing. So, Michael Oku, I reckon that's the name we're going to hear in the next five years. And I think Red Pro are going to build him. I do as well, man. I hope they build him a lot. I'm sure they will do, I think, and stuff as well. I mean, the fact that they gave him that and stuff, and they and they were like, that must have helped him a lot as well from doing progress and then traveling all that way to East London from Camden to the Wrestle 2 matches as well. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Yeah, I think that it's... Um, that shows, you know, you got to make them towns, brother. Well, he's done it yeah. in one night, so that's <laughs> off to it. Yeah, massively, man, massively. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, great match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah close the show, perfectly. Awesome. And then the... Uh, so what we're going to go on to now then, guys, is our MVP of match of the night. Mm-hmm. So, Richie, who would be your MVP? Ooh. MVP of this evening, I think I will give it to... I think I'll give it to Michael Oku. Okay. Um, my standout of the night was Robbie X. Yeah, I'm going with that. I'd, I'd give Michael Oku MVP because I think storytelling wise and the way you know the crowd are behind him and um, he put on a really good match. I know obviously Pack probably carried him a lot, but no, it was good. It was good. He's my MVP, yeah. and I think my standout night, which I was not expecting this night, was. Um, Robbie X, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, it's because I've never seen him, and he took my, he, I've come away from that show thinking, fuck me, the guy's great. Yeah. So, that's mine, yeah. How about you, have you, you got a standout as well? Uh, yeah, I do, man, yeah, my MVP would have to be Suzuki, just because of just how good he did, he is, and how much the crowd were in the palm of his hand, and how creative everything else he is, but my standout would have to be my Robbie X as well. I absolutely loved what he did. He took my breath away. I was like, this man's amazing. This man is so good. This man did so many great moves and spots and so many good things, and the crowd loved him and stuff. I just thought, for me, he was my um, standout of the night. Yeah, I totally agree with that, mate. Um, Well, yeah, that's what I said as well. So, So your MVP, so just reflect that, so MVP was Suzuki, and your standout was Robbie X. Yeah, that's sweet. That's an awesome... Awesome pair. Cheers, man. So what about your match of the night then, boss? Uh, match of the night, um, I would actually say from a storytelling perspective, I would say the main event. From an entertainment perspective, uh, I would say the six-man scramble was ahead of the top of the uh, second half. Okay. Um, for a storytelling aspect, I would probably say the main event because I love the way the story was told. I love the fact how your Michael Oku was just under the baby face he wanted to beat. Pat, can he start off really fast and stuff? And for me, my other favourite match I loved was the six-man, same as you, six-man scramble. Loved it. Was um, e- I, Even though there was a lot of spots I didn't feel like the spots uh, didn't diminish the match, because you know how sometimes the too many spots kind of ruin the broth, if you know what I mean? And I yeah. felt like, for me, it was done in such a way that I enjoyed it a lot, and it and I felt like the moves like, um, were able to breathe and that kind of thing as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was a really good match. My other match of the, nut, match, match of the night, so yeah. Perfect. Well, it was a good evening. Yeah, um, very good evening. I've loved it. Probably so, one of my favourite Red Pro shows I've been to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, to close 2019, it's been a good year at Red Pro this year. Um, and it's kind of good, I think, going into 2020, seeing Mark Oakley on this path of, you know, like, creative genius, you know, homegrown talent. It's nice to see. So, I think 2020 is going to be good. So, I oh, think... Yeah. We should be covering the New Year's Revolution show. Yeah, I hope so. Depends on where it is. I'm hoping it's going to be in London. If it's going to be up, up to north, yeah, would up you be up for, up to north? Would you be up for travelling up to north? Oh, I don't know. 
if we have to? If we have to, we may have to. Um, yeah, we'll have to look geographically on that one. So, yeah, oh, yeah, for uh, sure, man. For sure. Financially, but um, we always cover all the New York. New York? Yeah, we go to New York, but we yeah. won't go up north. Um, yeah, we go to the, you know... Um, York, uh, good old York Hall. Yeah, York Hall. It's like our second home. It is, actually. I feel, I, when I go there, I don't even feel like... You know, like, when you go somewhere, like a show, and you think, oh, God, so, like, this building, like, you don't know nothing about it, but I think we've been to York Hall. I couldn't tell the listeners how many times we've been to York Hall now. Oh, I've been, I think I've been to York Hall probably about 30, 40 times by now, I think, yeah. overall. Yeah. It's a, it's a home from home for us. Mm. And I love it there. I do as well, man. I think it's a really nice building. Yeah, and, you know, like, it's very it's very intimate and stuff. It's very, like, you feel close to the wrestlers and stuff. And, yeah, man, I love it. It's well, great. I think it's we were fun. sitting there watching the main event. And we had um, Pretty Deadly behind us. Yeah, we did, we did, we did like, man. It was really down. cool. I yeah. felt like turning around and just saying, good, good match tonight. But I was like, do you know what? Nah, they're fans as well. We're, we're yeah, we're just going to enjoy the match. We're just going to be like, yeah, yeah, just enjoy this amazing match. Yeah, like, I, you know, I, I love the York Hall, and to me, you know, 2019 has been a great place to watch. There's been some seriously good wrestling there as well. Yeah, massively good wrestling there. But, you know, like you say for your podcast, you know, is to show wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans why wrestling's so great. The community of wrestling, like the people that go. Yeah. Like, everyone's always polite, always happy. Yeah, you know, oh, you go first, mate. It's like you're right. Yeah, you don't even know these people. You go out for a bit of fresh air, and everyone's like, you're right, mate. You're right. You're in the line. People are talking. Yeah. I think if you was to go to anything else in the world, be it boxing, boxing or an MMA thing, where people are generally fighting and stuff, there's always a bit of animosity. But I think with yeah. professional wrestling, it's just a community. Yeah, like we we were discussing something out and these two guys speaking to us and we had a little conversation with them and stuff, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I yeah. love that where people feel so comfortable. We're like, yeah, this, 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 and this, and you have a really good, like, conversation. So even though you might have different opinions to other people, yeah. they they respect you and love you that much. They're like, yeah, sort of thing yeah. as well. I, it's a I bit love like, it. If you went shopping and you saw, you was wearing your Chelsea football shirt and you saw another Chelsea fan, you still wouldn't go up to him and go, Chelsea played well. They'd probably go, whatever, mate. Yeah. Carry on. You see somewhere in a Bullet Club T-shirt, and you're wearing you're wearing like an LIJ shirt. You went up to him, just gave him the two sweet sign. Any money, they go. Yeah, oh yeah, completely. Like, it's happened to me. Like I've got a Bullet Club sticker on the back of my car. I was driving to New Romney, right? New Romney and Kent, the arsehole of nowhere. About <laughs> twelve people and about five pigeons lived. And I was behind. I was driving, and I could see this guy waving his hand behind my car, like heading towards a roundabout. Like I could see this guy waving his hand out of his car, and I'm thinking, what the fuck is he doing? We get to the roundabout, I'm turning left, he's going straight over, there's like three cars in front. I look in my rear view and he's show, he's like hanging out with his car going, too sweet! <laughs> so I put my hang out, hand out and I was like, yeah, too sweet, brother! And it was just like, fuck, like wrestling, that's yeah. what wrestling does, like it brings people together. And as he drove off, he's like, beep, 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 giving me the too sweet logo and I was like, man, that's cool. Like, I've had it loads at work, driving around and someone goes, beep, beep, and they show me the too sweet sign and he's like, yeah, too sweet, brother. Like it. It's that community. You don't get that with nothing else. No, you don't do you, man. That's why I love wrestling so much, man. It's the best. Yeah. And we get to see so many great shows as well with Red Pro. We do. Red Pro's been good to us this year. So That's very good. Being very good to us. It does. So, you know, thank you, Red Pro, for 2019. Yeah, for sure, man. And let it carry on for 2020. Yeah. With the next guys. shows and that kind of stuff and see. And then you'll have more podcasts from us telling you how good the show were and that kind of thing. Yeah. And we yeah. try maybe and squeeze in a progress show next year. Yeah, I reckon so. And then maybe do a podcast afterwards and kind of do a comparison of how we felt about 
a progress of a red parade. Maybe what we should do with progress is see what a really big show would be like. Mm. Because you don't want to, even though it might be a chapter, you don't want to see a show that's not going to be as big as a red pro would be. So you want to kind of fairly compare the two as well and not yeah. just be like, oh, that was shit. Red pro, red pro for the win kind of thing, do you? So. Yeah, I mean, that guy, again, talking to some random person at the last show, he said, try and go to, I think it was, he said they set out so quick, is what they call the Progress Unboxing Show, where no fans know nothing about the show. Oh, really? Every match is kind of like, um, you don't know what, who's going to walk out, and they reckon some of them are brilliant. I mean, now, obviously, they've got that connection with NXT. You might have Matt Riddle or, like, Keith Lee or mm. someone walk out to the ring, and everyone's like, fucking hell, like... Yeah, because I, I remember watching for Rev Pro several years ago, Ishii against Matt Riddle, which was a great match as well, and it's just cool. When are you ever going to see that nowadays? I mean, not. you would now. I mean, obviously, if it happened to Progress and Keith Lee seems, you know, Matt Riddle was at the same show, brilliant. But Progress is kind of that gate between indie and WWE now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. Yeah, we'll see if we can squeeze in some Progress next year. For sure, man. For yeah. sure, I'm up for that. Yeah. So then, guys, that was our uh, epic uh, review of um, Uprising. I was going to say Epic Encounters, but no mind. Yeah. That was our rising review of Uprising. Very I couldn't well. really think of a funny part well there, put. but That was our erected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just like, yeah, one of the things that came from my head. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was a great show. Absolutely loved it. Before we head off, Richie, anything you want to plug at all to the peeps? Uh, I'll say thank you for listening for 2019. Um, have a good Christmas and New Year, and we'll see you next year. My plug would be for my Twitter handle, uh, Richard Filber one at Twitter. I use that for all my pro wrestling geekiness and Elder Scrolls stuff, and I'm going to start putting some Genesis stuff on there as well, which is the 5 on 5 MOBA, which is oh, free. okay. Yeah, it's free on PlayStation 4, so if it's free, it's for me. So, yeah, I use that for all my geeky outlet. But, um, yeah, Richard Filmer 1 at Twitter. Cool. And don't forget as well, guys, to follow, like, and subscribe across all different social medias like Facebook, etc., and that kind of stuff. We've been your amazing host, as always, Mark Fester, along with me with a man, the myth, the legend, that is the greatest in the world, the best in the world, or however else you want to call him, Richie Filmer. Yeah, I mean, you can just carry on. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, yeah best no, in the well. world. I'm the best in the world. I'm the greatest in the universe, and I, I'm pretty flipping awesome, to be honest with you. He is indeed. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty cool. He is indeed. I'll just get better each year, mate. For sure man for sure and that was no wrestling guys take care and always remember love wrestling breathe wrestling and mark will tell you everything you need to know about the wrestling cheers boss Peace. and suzuki gun is awesome casino <laughs> Peace. Peace. Shara, hey, shara, nani ga okite mo kibun.
Oh, she needs. 